When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody welcome back another episode of simply amazing tim Ryder from the apple taryn sharma back with me what's happening my man nothing much uh tough series loss but uh showed a lot of fight ah tough series you know what i can say you know 100 percent genuinely that i don't even care they lost the series i loved what i saw like you know in other sports, it's very tough to hang a moral victory on things. And even in baseball, it's very, you know, it's iffy at times. 162 games. If you're going to lose a series, this is kind of a way to lose a series, man. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, that that sandwich game there in the middle was insane. Um, <laughs> but the, the series opener, Mets looked really good. Hit a bunch of home runs. Uh, but just couldn't really keep the ball in the ballpark and and Jack Peterson looked like Barry Bonds out there. He you know, he looked amazing. And you know, I said it on Twitter, I guess during the game on Wednesday. But it's just it's Kyle Schwarber just in another body. I mean, that's what he's doing. <laughs> uh, he's he just took over that series. And you know, I think Tuesday was um that's just baseball at its best. That was just two teams that didn't want to lose. And, you know, you can't uh, – you can – I mean, you can get on Edwin Diaz for letting things get away with two outs in the ninth. But, I mean, like I said, if you're going to lose a game, that is one hell of a way to lose a ball game. Um, you know, you just got to hope they don't let it happen when it uh, when it counts down the line. But, yeah, that's – um, you know, I, I think that's just – that's baseball, Susan. <laughs> and uh, – <laughs> Uh, you know, that's um, it was too much fun for me to really uh, to, to get mad. I took a nap and everything. I'm like, all right, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to watch this whole game. And, and I did. And it was awesome. And I was yeah. up and I st- I threw my phone like on the other side of the bed. I woke up in the morning and I saw a text from you. I'm like, oh, I could have been I could have had a buddy during the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, you know. I I. I I think it was just a, a a series where the Giants were very desperate. Also, they had come in with a losing streak. They had been scuffling a little bit of late. Um, so I, I think you saw. Yeah, I, I agree. A team that was very desperate not to uh, not to lose. And um, with Edwin, walks will haunt. Right, we know that uh, the walk with two outs that's tough. Uh, the Question I wanted to ask you is, what did you think about uh, Buck not going to Joely Rodriguez to face Jock with the 11-8 lead and instead letting uh, Drew Smith stay out there? You know, I I kind of think Smith earned that spot. And, of course, hindsight's always going to be 20-20. Um, I think Smith earned that spot. I think Smith had a rough patch. And he hasn't been as consistent as he was to start the year. But um, I can't say I would have done it differently. 
I think, you know, Smith, he's got electric stuff. And so I like Rodriguez. I love his arm angle. I love what he can bring to lefties. And yeah, like I said, I mean, looking back, sure. Would it, could it have been a better option? Most definitely. But I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not going to look back on it and say, oh, you know, what if it, I think the Mets, I mean, even taking uh, Monday night into account, what they did in the later innings on Monday night and then just carrying that into Tuesday. And yeah, uh, you know, so many positives to take away. Um, I'm never, I'm, I'm really having a tough time finding myself concerned or worked up about many of Buck's decisions. Uh, you know, I'm sure he had the same thing tossing around in his head. Um, yeah. You know, flipped a coin and probably just went the wrong way, but I certainly see the merit to go with Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not all going to work out, and uh, and obviously we're uh, we're second guessing. And and if Buck thought that that was the best decision, then that's what the team would go with. Um, I, I did like seeing twenty eight runs put over uh, put up over three games. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, Lindor heating up, that was great. JD Davis had the great game uh, to start the series. Uh, yeah. Uh, Several positives to take out, uh, 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 even though the team fell short uh, in a couple of games. Uh, any concern with you about uh, Chris Bassett? Gave up, uh, I think, eight runs. That's the most he's ever given up. No, not really. I think he got hit hard against the Giants earlier in the year. Um, mm-hmm. I know they have, uh, you know, seen him in the past between interleague and stuff like that. A lot of that roster hasn't really had a lot of turnover. Um, they're familiar with him. And yeah, I think that uh, maybe down the line, you, you know, if you say, if you square off against these guys in, in the postseason, maybe you take into account that these guys may very well have Bassett's number, but no, yeah. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. I think his stuff maybe wasn't as crisp as it has been, but you know, even when he was looking sharp, it was uh, they were just all over him. So I don't know if maybe it's they 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 found something, they see something or just, you know, some guys are just we've seen this so many times. We know kind of what's coming and kind of to that effect. I, I I have all the confidence in the world that Bassett will adjust that because, you know, he has what six pitches that he throws with regularity. Um for the Giants to pinpoint, you know, it looked like, I don't know, I'm not going to say it looked like they knew what was coming, but they looked very comfortable up there. And that's like the opposite of what a pitcher wants. So I'm sure he'll make the adjustments. I'm sure Hefner will get in there and make the adjustments. Um, but yeah, the Giants certainly seem to have his number. Yeah, you mentioned that that first start that he also didn't pitch well against the Giants at City Field. And then after that, he bounced back very nicely. So um, looking forward to to seeing that, uh, I think he'll probably pitch maybe this uh, the last game of the Phillies series. So the Mets are headed home. Uh, they've got six games coming up uh, against division rivals. Oh, eat them up. You got to eat them up, man. You beat up on, on inferior ball clubs. And I think the Phillies are, are letting everybody know who they are. That's a powerful offense, but there are holes in that roster and uh, I'm pretty much on, on every side of the chalk. And, you know, I think teams are going to have to take advantage of that, um, especially in, in the Mets case. What do you think of David Peterson? I, th- I he, he was a little shaky early on, but boy, he really snapped into form on um, the second half of Tuesday's game. 
He did. He, uh, he gave it the home run to Crawford, I believe. And then after that settled in very nicely and that's uh, another good start for him. So he's had um, a few good, good appearances right now. And uh, I think we're going to need to rely on him a little bit more given the, um, the issues that the, the staff has right now. Uh, Zipaki struggled, but I, I think that they wouldn't hesitate to go to him again, especially if they have to go to him in that national series. Um, yeah. Maybe he Nasty settles stuff. in. Had live, yeah. very lively stuff. Yeah, and, and I think that maybe he, uh, against a, a less prolific offense, he might uh, settle in and, and pitch better. So hoping that he gets another opportunity, hoping that uh, that Peterson continues to make the most of this opportunity. And we saw that McGill started throwing again, so that means that the uh, biceps tendonitis that's been keeping him out, uh, I guess it's been uh, relieved a little bit. So uh, I'm hopeful that he's going to uh, be back here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, eligible Friday, I believe. I'm not sure if he'll be on track for, for a return, but uh, at least eligible. Um, yeah. I'm sure they're going to have to ramp him up somewhat. I don't know what to what extent he's been throwing. I think DeGrom is also, you know, making at least moderate headway, which is extremely uh, uh, encouraging. Um, Trevor Williams, before we move on to other things, Trevor Williams looked really good on on Thursday, on, uh, on Wednesday. I mean, you know, I think he's settling into his role very, very well. If you have a guy who can come in and give you four innings, uh, you know, at the drop of a dime after starting four days before, I, I think that's just, that's an unbelievable asset, especially, you know, going through a, a long summer where every win is going to be very important because you don't know who's going to be making a run. We saw so many teams make a run uh, last year, whether it be wild card or, or divisional, um, you know, having every reinforcement you could possibly have and, is is a boon, and I think that Trevor Williams is uh, certainly has to be a part of that. <laughs> How the roster shakes out once everybody's back and healthy—that's another question. But boy, you got to love what he's been giving him so far. Yeah, he, every time he goes out there and eats those innings, that's saving another arm in the bullpen. So, I, yeah, I agree with you that I'm not sure what the long term outlook on him is and, and where he fits on the roster. But if he's a guy that can come up and, and give you a start. If someone needs an extra day, that's big time. Um, and, and Nagosik has been good to that end. And, uh, and I'm hopeful that Zapaki and, and Peterson will be able to fill those roles again too. So if you have enough of these swing arms that you uh, are not overtaxing the bullpen and that they'll be available to, you know, because the, the usage gets weird once you get to, uh, October and and we need these guys to be healthy enough and not have thrown all their bullets out that uh, that they'll be um, available to maybe be pushed for the extra out uh, those those 10 15 high pressure pitches so yeah I, I agree with you all of these guys are, are filling a role and they're valuable to the larger team oh yeah and that's you know I think that's just the name of the game it's not you know, you can micromanage and 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 look back and second guess, you know, the most minute decisions that are made. And yeah, those decisions might lead to a loss. But ultimately, I mean, it's a long season. If, if 
you know, Joely Rodriguez, he's been getting a decent amount of work. I'm, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but um, he's been getting in there very consistently. Drew Smith, um, I think with, if he finds that consistency, he can be a two on one off type of guy. And um, the st- the way his stuff plays against batters on both sides of the plate, I would, um, yeah, I guess just to bring it back full circle, I- I'm totally on board with just, Mixing and matching and making it work. You know, take guys out of their comfort zone. See what happens. You know, they might get blown up. They might succeed and kind of ride that confidence for another two or three outings. You're, you kind of never know. But with a, you know, a half dozen plus game lead in the division and a 14 above 500 or something along those lines record uh, in May, you know, this I, I, this is probably the most ideal time to kind of tinker and, and see which ways, uh, what, what other options you can you can kind of work into your game plan. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and um, yeah, like you said, the point of building up these uh, these division leads is so that you can uh, weather these types of storms. So this week, uh, the Mets are going to see the best that the Phillies have to offer. Um, Eflin on Friday uh, and then old friend Zach Wheeler on Saturday. And he's really had like a pretty solid May. Um, He had a really terrible uh, April, especially that, that first start, I think against the Marlins, Um, he he got beat up pretty badly, but since then he's really settled in. And I think he had 10 strikeouts against the Braves in his last time out. Oh yeah. No, I think he, he had a rough start to the year after uh, I want to say he had some shoulder tightness missed his first start and then he was on the COVID IL beginning of the month or maybe middle uh, earlier this month and mm-hmm. really bounced back terrifically uh, I'm still such a huge huge Zach Wheeler fan I'm really looking forward to um seeing the rest of his career kind of develop and you know what he's done so far and the potential that his stuff has if the Phillies can kind of develop into a winning ball club, a consistently winning ball club, and, and Wheeler is the ace there, you know, there's no telling where his career might end up. I'm very, uh, definitely very excited to see where where he ends up. Uh, we do have to take a very quick break. We're going to just kind of jump into the offensive side of things, and uh, I think that'll probably be it. But hang tight. We'll be right back. And welcome back. It's me and Taryn. We're just kind of kicking it and getting ready for the uh, Philly series this weekend. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, the ups and downs. I think you mentioned Lindor in the first half, and I think that's a perfect example of just the ups and downs of the season. We talked about Lindor on the last episode, talking about his slump. And I don't don't think either, either of us were really concerned with it. And, you know, over the first half of the month of May, this is through May 14th, hit 143, 214, 225 since, and this is over 11 games, 51 plate appearances. He's hitting 310, 412, 619, two doubles, three homers, a triple, multiple outstanding plays in the field. Um, you know, this is a guy who. Of course, the fans were very hard on last year. A lot of people were very hard on him. I think he was pretty hard on himself. Yeah. The way that he's bounced back and now, you know, started off the year scorching hot, really, really fell off, and has come back even stronger, apparently. 
what are your takeaways from this? This is a guy who looks like he's ready to make MVP moves. Well, yeah, he is leading uh, all shortstops in wins above replacement, I think I saw. So I, he's been solid overall. Yes, it's going to be when he was so uh, white hot at the beginning of the year, I, I think everyone was like, oh, wow, like he might just carry this team. It's not going to be like that. There's going to be ups and downs, obviously, like, and, and, and you don't necessarily know what is ailing these guys, like a, a small pinch in a nerve or something like that can, can end up making like uh, the player uh, do one thing differently. And then just think about how impossible the task that they're being asked to do is, yeah. you know, they're, they're being asked to in what, like a blink of an eye determine whether they're going to swing or not. So that uh, I, I think it's going to go up and down, but he has been good. You can tell that the other guys on the team enjoy playing with him. They they look to him as a leader. Uh, he and McNeil seem to be getting along very well. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, I thought that that triple was an awesome moment for him because he's been having better at-bats and, and something good happened. Yeah, and I think it kind of reverberates through the rest of the lineup. When Lindor is right, everyone else kind of keeps, you know, just – I know it's not the case always, but you see guys kind of snap into form. I mean, look at Escobar. Uh, Monday, he went two for five. Tuesday, he well, everybody had hits on Tuesday, but Tuesday <laughs> went four for five. So did J.D. Davis, by the way, who I don't I don't I didn't really take a, like a hard negative stance, but I wrote a J.D. Davis article this week and I was just a little surprised at. you know, of course, the expected stats. Everybody knows that he he's hitting the shit out of the ball, but um like the things that he's hung his hat on in the past, he hasn't been doing. And boom, of course, that night he goes four for five. But, you know, that's the type of stuff that I think Lindor brings. Lindor is that spark plug. And, you know, even going back to those mid-2000s Mets, and I know they're different types of players. They're both shortstops. But, you know, look at Jose Reyes. When Jose Reyes, when that motor started, the mm-hmm. Mets went with it. And it was it, – it's it, it's similar – but there's just so much talent around Lindor that, boy, if he's the fuse, you know, wait till that, wait till that fuse runs out. Because, boy, this you see it. Look at just Monday and Tuesday. The Mets put up 25 runs um, and it was almost, you know, it came in bunches. So theoretically, they can go and put up a dozen whenever they want. <laughs> you know, that's just kind of one dynamic of this team. But I mean, uh, Luis Guillorme, who I just did a little article on, on, on Thursday, it came out on Thursday afternoon. You know, what he's been doing is, is incredible. What Brandon Nimmo has been doing is incredible. What Alonzo has been doing, um, the, the, the development that he showed at the plate. I mean, yep. it's, you know, Canna, uh, he's really turned it around. Marte's got his batting average up to like 270 now, you know, wh- whatever ups and downs, I think, to echo what you were just saying, you know, this team is just so seasoned and such a strong uh, mentally and talent wise, strong ball club that boy, they weather that storm easily. Yeah. And they believe that they can come back from any deficit too. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is an awesome thing. Even on, uh, on, on Tuesday, they get the lead, they go ahead 11 to eight and then immediately you know, cough it back up to Jack Peterson. <laughs> and then 
they they put together good at bats and, and manufacture a run in the top of the ninth. So, uh, Jake House, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, and Dom with the the big hit right. out to Triple's alley. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> Dom, even Dom's turning turning it around. He's had a really rough time, but you know you can see the confidence coming out of these guys who are struggling. Yeah, and and they're going to keep working and and. I, yeah, I, I don't think that there's any reason to concern be concerned. Uh, two two series losses now, and uh, the season's <laughs> yeah. the season's not over. So, uh, yeah, these big games coming up. I'm looking for Starling Marte to have a big series. Uh, he just destroys Eflin. Uh, he he has like a average over 500 in 13 at bats against him. So. Um, I'm hoping for him to have a big series and, uh, and hopefully the Mets can, um, can make the most of these six games. Cause uh, the, again, the schedule continues to, to be tough after this. Oh man, this is a, uh, yeah. After you, you I don't want to say you, you hate overlooking anybody, but right. if you want to look past the Phillies and the nationals, you know, you got to go West without an off day, mind you, you got to travel across cross country Wednesday night, play Thursday. Yep. You got four in L.A., three in San Diego. Then you get an off day. And then you got to go to Los Angeles. And the Angels are playing really, really good baseball right now. And it's a really, really tough offense. Um, yeah, that's a uh, that's a buzzsaw. Yeah. And so they really need to make the most of these games and continue to keep pace in the division. Because, uh, yeah, that – that 10 game stretch out West in Southern California is, uh, is going to be tough. And hopefully McGill will be back by then. That'll uh, alleviate some of the, the pressure that's been put on the other arms, the walkers and the uh, cookie and, and Bassett to, to come through every time. But uh, yeah, still exciting baseball. And, and we're starting to get into that, that, that summer swing. Yeah, I was going to say, once you wrap up that West Coast trip, you're in the middle of June. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, you're at the All-Star break. And uh, I think we're going we're gonna to wrap it up on potential Mets All-Stars. You know, you can look around. And, of course, I think, you know, if Scherzer would have stayed healthy, I think he had a very, very strong shot at it. We'll see what happens with the rest of the pitching staff. I think Bassett should certainly be in the mix. Um, Walker, if not for those uh, – for an IL stint and a couple of uh, – and a short outing, I think he's put together a very, very fine year under the radar. Mm-hmm. Offensively, the Mets have a very good chance of having a, a handful of all-stars. Yeah, and uh, I'm hopeful that Pete Alonso will be going. Uh, he's had a great, great year. He's uh, really uh, carrying the team in a lot of these offensive categories, especially with his power. So, uh, yeah, I'm hopeful to, to see him there. I mean, if you... I'm on fan graphs now. I'm just looking at the National League. Um, what am I looking at? Top 30 F4. I see. Just in the top 20, there's three Mets. You got Alonzo at 17. Oh, I'm sorry. Four Mets. Alonzo at 17. Lindor at 13. McNeil at 11. I don't even think we've talked about McNeil yet. And he's having quite possibly the best offensive season. This is Pete McNeil. Right yep. This is this is as good a player as he can be. Oh, my goodness. Uh, how the last regime or why and how they wanted to change him is just beyond me. I'll never understand that. Thank and goodness Brandon, that no one traded him. 
Because yeah. uh, even in the offseason, people were discussing it. You know, and you have to think that Buck Showalter has something to do with that. I was talking about it with Guillaume on Thursday, how in March he's like, you know, I don't think many people realize just what Luis Guillaume can be for this ball club. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but boy, I I, I would have to imagine that he knew what he had in McNeil and said, no, 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 this guy's not going anywhere. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then he got Brandon Nimmo sixth in the NL in F war hitting 294, 385, 451. Again, theoretically, Nimmo, McNeil, Lindor, and Alonzo could be there. And this isn't even looking at potential competition to get there. But boy, it, deservingly so, I, I think that any any one of them, all four of them, could be there. And I don't think anyone would blink an eye. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, so it'll uh, it'll come down to the voting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got Goldschmidt at first, which is very tough. He's having a monster season. Been very, very hot. Yeah. You know, I guess third base, the Mets are no worries there. Um, Center field wise. I mean, Dalton Varsho, who everyone told me he's, he's not going to be a good player. Look at him. He looks like an idiot in center field with 30 mile an hour wins. Anyway, he's seventh in the national league in F war, by the way, for those, for those feisty diamondbacks. I hope they beat the, uh, the Dodgers a few times this weekend. I really do. But That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, you got Jazz. You got Harper having a really nice year. Um, Freeman, another guy in the first base mix who Pete's going to have to get around. Yeah. Um, I, I do think Nimmo could, could, uh, could easily make his way in there. What do we got on the second base side? Ooh, Dansby Swanson's having a nice year. His batting average really isn't there, but McNeil should be at second. Just what I'm looking at now, he really should. I don't see anyone else who could really do much better. Oh, wow, Tommy Edmonds having a nice year. He plays center, he plays left. I don't know. Look at me. I'm just scrolling staggers, scrolling uh, yeah. fangraphs, talking to myself. <laughs> Cardinals have a, a great team. Oh, my goodness. Just, you know, there's so much depth. This is uh, uncharted territory. Uh, your Twinkies are looking well. They are, yeah. Well, they've been doing exactly what you were talking about, beating up on uh, on bad teams. And so they they just took two out of three, probably should have swept the Tigers uh, again. And then uh, they've got Kansas City coming in for four. And then they go to Detroit. So these are the games where they've got uh, to win because the White Sox are going to get healthy eventually. Oh, yeah. Oh, most definitely. Uh, Cease got hit hard by Boston the other night, but I like him a lot. Um, you got to hope Lance Lynn comes back for them. But Minnesota, man, that is a a very fun team. I, I do like Kansas City. and They usually play you guys well, but, um, yeah, this is a series. It's a, it's a series that, you know, like we were talking about in the first half. It's that momentum. It's that confidence builder. That, that's what these series are for. And, they, and they're going to play up, you know, less than stellar teams. They're, if they have heart, they're going to, they want to beat you. They want to come in and, and shake up the big dog. But uh, yeah, I guess for the Mets and, and for the Twins in, in the same breath, you know, you just go to work, take care of business, and hopefully come out of there two out of three, three out of four, whoever it applies to. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think the Red Sox and White Sox are still playing. I think they're going to play again this week. Really? 
I know they they were at it tonight, but I guess that this is a new series. What was it? A home? Uh, oh no 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 no. Then they uh, the Red Sox have the Orioles this weekend. I'm, okay, I'm losing track of the days, Tim. <laughs> yeah, you're knee deep in your bar exam, right? That's right. That's oh, right. Oh gosh, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> when is that? And what your test is summertime? Uh, yeah, that'll be the end of July. All right. Oh, so you got a long road ahead. Yeah, yeah. Got to relearn everything. <laughs> uh, are you going, um, you catching any uh, Twins games this weekend? Uh, I'm hoping to catch tonight, but that'll probably be the only one in this set. And then the Yankees will come next homestand, which will be uh, really, I, I just love watching Aaron Judge play. So hopefully um, uh, you'll stay healthy. I feel the same way about Stanton. And unfortunately, he just hit the IL. He's like one of my favorite hitters to watch, like ever. Boy, he makes contact. I could just, I could watch that shit on loop for hours. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, they're they're playing well. The Orioles. Speaking of of the Orioles, uh, they've been playing outstanding baseball. But we'll have to do an MLB wide episode one of these days because we should. Yeah, maybe at the All Star break we can do like a, a breakdown of uh, how different teams have been doing, how the other divisions are looking. Talk about some of the other guys that we like watching because I know you and I are both uh, we try to stay plugged into uh, to a bunch of different teams. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I try to. You know, I still read my box scores first thing in the morning. That's just what I do. It's uh, you know, it's baseball, baby. We love it. But um, I think that's all we got for this week. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we're back Monday or Friday. It's TBD, but we will be back as always. Uh, everyone have a very safe. And very happy Memorial Day weekend. Um, yeah, Taryn, you got anything else? What's the sign-off again? It's let's fucking go Mets! <laughs> See you guys next time. Peace.